So here at the Wiki Liquor Studio, we uh, we're no uh, strangers to making bad investments and proclaiming ourselves as Emperor of the United States. Uh, we've I've personally done it a couple times. Uh, the fire over here has done it at least three times. I'm not sure about Nipfu. Yeah. But, uh, well, now they that, just send an email. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, today we're going to talk about someone near and dear to our hearts, our, our idol. Not really, but... Emperor Norton. Yeah, we're going to talk about Emperor Norton. He's inspired us all. Yeah. And it goes with my saying, you can do what you want. <laughs> all right. Is it Joshua Abraham Norton, January 8th? 1880, known as Emperor Norton, was a citizen of San Francisco, what? California. Okay. Was that a country at that time? I think it was, uh, after like 1850, I do believe it was uh, technically part of the U.S. Okay. He's a citizen of San Fran. So the first yeah. line here, it says, in 1859, he proclaimed himself Norton I, Emperor of the United States. Excellent. And subsequently, the protector of Mexico. Okay. Self-proclaimed. He's trying to get all North America. It's it's strange to me that he left out Canada. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't much of a thing there. Foz, what, what do you say about that? Uh, I think he just forgot about Canada like people usually do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like that's a missed opportunity on his part. All right, so he's born in England. Norton spent most of his early life in South Africa. He's been around. After the death of his mother in 1846 and his father in 1848, he immigrated to San Francisco with an inheritance from his father's estate, arriving in November 1849 aboard the Hamburg ship Francesca. Do, do you think he like initially put it in a spam folder? <laughs> You've it's, got a North like, African inheritance we would like to give you. Please <laughs> <laughs> send $100 yeah, I mean, so we can ship it on the boat. Well, South, you, South Africa. So South maybe Africa. maybe if you see an email that says South Africa. Mm -hmm. Maybe he, it was the only time anyone ever got anything from a Nigerian prince. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, okay, so $40,000, which Dang. I guess inflation adjusted to $1.2 million in 2016. Dang. Um, Norton initially made a living as a businessman, but he lost his fortune investing in Peruvian rice. Okay. So he lost about the equivalent of $1.2 million buying rice. First of all, who blows their entire savings on one investment? Well, maybe they didn't have that phrase back then. Plus in commodities. You know, put all your eggs in one basket. Put all your rice in one walk. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I wonder, do you think he uh, ate any of his rice? <laughs> Maybe that's it was probably, a bad investment. <laughs> he probably never saw it. It was like a Peruvian trade market. If you get a million dollars, Foz, and you start investing it, I will slap you just to keep you from doing it. Just live good. <laughs> just live good, man. That's all you need. Don't invest. Yeah. That's your uh, moment of economic wisdom for me. Don't invest. <laughs> Don't invest. Well, I'm not really sure a million dollars is enough to live your whole life on. Yeah, sure but you'll is. probably die before you're done. Yeah. 
I'm a fairly young dude. Just take it easy. You could die tomorrow. I, I could say like 20 years off of that. Like, Get if I was going to buy a house, how much is a house going to be? <laughs> like, you don't need a house. Just sleep on the streets. That's like 100000 <laughs> We could go through all this. Trust me, it's doable. Sell oranges on your sidewalk. Yeah. That's my plan. <laughs> just just buy one house and like if sell I was, it to somebody if else. I was going to get... Emperor Norton was a fool. If... For that I part. The rest of it was a good. Million dollars. I'm just going to say this out. If I, if I was going to get a million dollars straight up, okay. I'd invest at least 30% of it. 30% of yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. If you're going to invest it in a indexed uh, money market fund. Which is like a safe. Yeah. You're fine. Pretty much guaranteed to get some kind if of. If you return. start betting yeah, on I'll, Egyptian cotton. I'm not going to start betting on Egyptian <laughs> cotton. I'm going to put it in somewhere safe where I have a fine. guaranteed at least. No. Uh, return of what? We're uh, what taking me to the casino. Yeah. What, what would be a I'm good... I'm putting my money on rice. <laughs> That's not even a color, sir. Everybody loves rice. You know what? I just <laughs> thought of something. You know what? Why, rice a You know why it fell? Uh, San there Francisco? Was no, there was no Chipotle back then. Ah. Probably. Yeah. Rice, the other bread inside the bread that's wrapped up with the Thing. More information about the commander. Right. No one emperor. Where are so you going with that? After losing a lawsuit <laughs> in which he tried to void his rice contract, Norton's public prominence faded. He reemerged in September 1859. Well, he had prominence as a rice man. Okay, he, his life got better. He I wonder, wonder if he was known as like the rice guy. You know what, yeah. what's that? What's that? The uh, the Uncle Duck from DuckTales is like Uncle Scrooge or something. Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge yeah. It's like he had the gold pit, but instead it was a rice pit. No, I've yeah. been I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Me too. Um, so you could have a, a vault full of money, yeah, and just dive in it. Yep. Maybe 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 he thought about this. Um, <laughs> I, think I often say I would rather have a room full of pillows. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. we've talked about this, right? Because I want to be able to just dive into it. Yeah. And there's your Egyptian cotton. I, the problem with the Scrooge McDuck vault is how do you put more money in it? You want your vault in the ground, so you just back a dump truck up to it and dump your gold <laughs> in it. I mean, it's just a giant. He has yeah. a literal money pit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm with you, Nitfu. One, he could just spend his money. Was it? What good is he doing in, in a vault? Uh, two, uh, put it in a bank. Yeah, that's true. Three... I, the structural engineering of that vault is complicated. You've got the whole earth with a pit yeah. supporting you. Imagine trying to like make a withdrawal. Hmm. Yeah. You just have a giant scooper. You just reach down. <laughs> well, just, uh, every time I pay for something, I'm just like, get as much as you can carry. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, the pain. That's the cost of everything. One carry load. Does rice go bad? Hmm. Uh, rice does go bad. It doesn't go bad in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it just stays in the bag till I eat it. Mm. It could get moldy. How much rice is that? <sighs> $1.2 million worth of rice. I, mean, I feel like a grain of rice is... Maybe, maybe he's like, I have all this money. I want to buy the most of one thing I can possibly buy. Well, here's what I'm thinking he might have done. I'm thinking he invested in like some rice plantations and then uh, blight came through and Ravaged them. Maybe we'll find out. All right. Where was I here? The mystery deepens. Ah. He reemerged in September 1859, laying claim to the position of Emperor of the United States. Although. How did he do this? 
He had no on. political power whatsoever. And his influence extended only so far as he was humored by those around him. He was treated differentially in San Francisco. And currency issues in his name was honored in the establishments he frequented. So he made his own money. God, what a genius. Defire dollars. Just wherever you go. <laughs> Though some considered him insane or eccentric, citizens of San Francisco celebrated his regal presence and his proclamations. God, that's so cool. I want a freaking emperor of Richmond. You know, I think I do I do this move sometimes at work. Yeah. It's like you make a proclamation. Well, I'll carry around my clipboard just so it looks like I'm important. Yeah. And then people think I'm important. And he's doing that, but he's he's like a scepter. <laughs> well, now that you can just get a clipboard. I need a work scepter. Get a clip, get a clipboard, and walk really fast. Call people filthy peasants. I well, well, you already do. So ple- plebeians. <laughs> yeah. so you can't use a computer and you work in an office in twenty first century. For God's sakes. How do I Google things? Dude, you're 25. (laughs) You weren't just born with a computer? I was born in the big old city of New York. Uh, Okay, so... Citizens of San Francisco celebrated his regal presence in his proclamations, such as his order that the United States Congress be dissolved by force, and his numerous decrees calling for a bridge-crossing... Con- crossing connecting San Francisco and Oakland. Wait a minute. Did he invent the Golden Gate Bridge? Wait a minute. And a corresponding tunnel to be goes. built under San Francisco Bay. Long after his death, similar structures were built in the form of the San Francisco and Oakland Bay Bridge and the Trans Bay Tube. That's right. The Golden Gate goes somewhere else. I knew that everyone. <laughs> and there have been campaigns to rename the bridge. The Emperor Norton Bridge. Oh my God, that would be so cool. I would be. I, I feel like this needs to happen. Wait, can we just like declare things happen, and if they happen, we get credit? I, you yeah. can do, get a long way in life like that. Like you'd be like, "Hey, guess what? I heard." I more. declare that Twinkies shall be made free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a stretch. If you, if you just go around, I heard we can work from home now. Well, if you just say that a lot, yeah, it might come true Ooh, at your yeah, office. Uh, I like. There's a rumor. We we talk about this all the time. How we think Legos should be a currency. That's true, an alternative form of oh, currency. Yeah? They never lose their value. They appreciate value, right? Yeah. Yep. They beat out gold. Plus, it, it would be it things. would be cool to carry around a block of Legos to pay for things. I do you like take that. Take block off and slap it down on the counter like a cowboy. I'll the take ca- one. Please. The counter actually uh, has the little Lego blocks on it, so you can just <laughs> put it on there. Also, um, a perfect excuse for me to have Legos. Just around. First of all, guys, yeah. have you ever played the, the Lego games? Those studs with the little Lego yeah. currency are called make the most glorious sound when you pick them up. They are nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've always been interested in an um, alternative form, form of currency that was both sentient and empathetic to the human condition that's self-allotted. <laughs> Whoa. Just saying. <laughs> you get to get some AI. Oh, that's, like, I feel like it's a lot. <sighs> kind of want a pizza. No, you don't, Dave. <laughs> no, no. It just it just takes its it just takes itself from its owner and gives it to someone who needs it more and deserves it more. Uh, you know, you can so only carry like so much. The person that 
quote unquote owns this money. Yeah. If they're like a dirt bag, the money can be like, well, if this guy is a dirt bag. <laughs> I'm going to go over here to this like saintly person that has nothing. <laughs> That's exactly what it, exactly. Yes. Ooh. Wow. Anyway, um, that would adventures. be, a, that would be something I would really like to see a book on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I just threw that out there. Emperor Norton. All right, Owen. Emperor. January 8, 1880, Norton collapsed at the corner of California and DuPont, now Grant Streets, and died before he could be given medical treatment. At his funeral you two failed years the later, emperor. nearly 30,000 people packed the streets of San Francisco to pay homage. What a great guy. Norton has been immortalized as the basis of characters in the literature of writers Mark Twain, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, Christopher Moore, Maurice de Bevere, yeah, uh, Selma Legeroff, and Neil Gaiman. Oh, cool! Hmm. All right, um, early life. You want to take that, Foss? All right. Genealogical and other research indicates that Norton's parents were John Norton, August eighteen forty-eight. I think that's just yeah, the citation for the thing, and uh, Sarah Norton, English Jew. Whoa, whoa, whoa! His Dad was Norton. Norton and then Norden. Whoa. That's As in weird. one's Norton, the other one's probably descendant from Nords. Gotcha. Yeah. Is he like the great grandfather of Edward Norton? Because <laughs> he had a movie that was a lot like this. Oh, yeah? Where they lived in a house with no money and all that. Uh, Maybe. Fight Club? Yeah, they proclaimed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they proclaimed themselves um, lords of the land. Oh, my gosh. Were we talking about Fight or Flight Club? Flight Club? Flight Club. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Just have one runs away. Instead of, so yeah, the adrenaline thing, Fight or Flight. Yeah. yeah. Instead of Fight Club, we do Flight Club. Where we just practice running away. That's really good. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So he's, he was the son of, of John Norton and uh, Sarah Norton, English Jews. John, a farmer and a merchant, Sarah, a daughter of Abraham Norton and sister of Benjamin Norton. Two name or faceless names I do not know about, so who knows. Maybe we'll Google that later. A successful Jewish merchant who moved the family to South Africa in early 1820 as part of the government-backed colonization scheme whose participants came to be known as the 1820 settlers. Yeah, historians. Another good name right there. Everyone will remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Most likely, Norton was born in Kentish, town of Deptford, today part of London. Huh. All right. He had agriculture in his background, Mm -hmm. so rice wasn't completely foreign. Uh, Pinning down Norton's exact date of birth has proved difficult. His obituary in the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, Following the best information obtainable, unquote, cited the silver plate on his coffin, which said he was aged about 65, suggesting that... The proper that age for an emperor to die. <laughs> it's a pretty long reign for an emperor. Yeah. I'll tell you suggesting what. Suggesting that uh, 1814 could be the year of his birth. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Um, he enjoyed a good deal of success in real estate market, and by the early 1850s had... Per- parlayed an initial nest egg of $40,000 into a fortune of $250,000. Oh, that's a lot more. He invested two hundred fifty dollars in rice. <laughs> uh, Norton thought he saw business opportunity when China, facing a severe famine, placed a ban on the export of rice, causing the price of rice <laughs> in San Francisco to skyrocket from 
four to thirty six cents per pound. Uh, people in San Francisco like really want rice aroni a lot. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just wondering. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, yeah, rice is a Come popular. On. Uh, so when he heard the glide, which was refer- returning to returning from Peru, was carrying two thousand pounds of rice, he bought the entire shipment oh. for twenty five thousand dollars. Well, that's not that much. He had so a that's twelve and a half cents per pound, hoping to corner the market. Shortly after he signed the contract, several other shiploads of rice arrived from Peru, causing the price of rice to plummet to three cents a pound. Norton tried to void the contract, stating the dealer had mis- misled him as to the quality of rice to expect. From 1853 to 1857, Norton and the rice dealers were involved in a protracted litigation. Although Norton prevailed in the lower courts, the case reached Supreme Court of California, which ruled against Norton. Later, the Lucas Turner and Company Bank foreclosed on the, his real estate holdings in North Beach to pay Norton's debt. He filed for bankruptcy and by 1858 was living in reduced circumstances at a working class boarding house. Okay, I don't understand the math here. He only bought $25,000 worth of rice. He had $250,000 worth. Well, he, he no, had 40000 no, The initial... Initial initial was twenty five thousand dollars. He later bought more shiploads, I guess. Oh, somehow he blew it all in this rice bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it, yeah, just don't go for the like too good to be true. Hmm. He got suckered. If he, if he would think of that would have come through though. Yeah, he might. He might have gone ten to one and been like one of the richest people in history. Well, or I don't know. That's kind of strong. Imagine if he had had any awareness of who produced rice across the world. Okay, so China's down. Arkansas. What about Indonesia? Or I actually don't know. Surprisingly enough, or India. Who all makes rice? South America. So you're saying that rice grows anywhere? It doesn't grow just anywhere. It has to be extremely wet circumstances to get like the best rice. But essentially, anywhere where it's it's wetter than temperate. Farmer falls. Mm-hmm. Hey, swampland. So your point is, is it what China didn't have all the rice? No, China did not have all the rice. So he just made a fool's bit gambit. Yeah, it was bad. Investment. Did he get to keep the rice? Ooh. Probably. No, I don't know. Well, look, I mean, these are good questions, but I think we should go ahead and go to. Declares himself emperor. This is actually the interesting part. Yeah. So in 1859, Norton had become completely disgruntled with what he considered the inadequacies of legal and political structures of the United States. In September September 17, 1859, he took matters into his own hands and distributed letters to various newspapers in the city, proclaiming himself emperor of the United States. Um, and you I were guess, right. It is just an email now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the letter. I mean, here. it worked for him with the Nigerian prince. Why not for this? I wonder if he has kids. No, yeah. Technically, out. they would be the, the heirs to this uh, pretender's throne. Pretender's just throne. Send, send out an email and just CC everyone you know on it. God, that's like <laughs> at least 10,000 people right there. If they send it to one person, my God. We'll add all of our contact lists together. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably get. A lot. <laughs> you want me to read the letter? 
I think you might have to. Yeah. Okay. How long is it? It's relatively short. It's like a paragraph. Doing like uh, a posh accent as well. I can't. You would have to read it then. Can you read us in an accent? All right, let me try. At a peremptory request and desire of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly <laughs> of... Agu- How do you say that? Agoa Bay? Agoa, okay. Agoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and new, and now for the last nine years and ten months past of SF Cal. San Francisco. Okay. <clears throat> Declare and proclaim myself emperor of these... United States. <laughs> Do you think you knew how much there was? Go ahead. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, the... Everything. Yeah. <laughs> sure what he did. He where Peru was. And in virtue of the authority thereby and me vested, do hereby order and direct the representatives of the U- different states of the Union to assemble in musical hall of this city on the first day of February next, and there to make such alterations in the existing laws of the Union as may ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad and our stability and integrity. God, what a good speech. Norton first emperor of the United States. Foz, where does this fall in line in comparison to the civil war? It's important. Uh, civil war started like, uh, was it either 59, late 59 or 61. This letter was 59. When the Civil War started. It's trying to end the Civil War. September 17th, 1859. I like that they all were going to go to the music hall. Yeah. I wonder how many people showed up. Come to the local TGI Fridays. <laughs> I think I have one of those questions. Yeah, it started April 12th, 1861. Do you think that he actually thought he was emperor? Or was he just... Uh, carrying on maybe with this. maybe hit rock bottom maybe he just want to have some fun maybe he realized money well, wasn't everything maybe i think and also is this what happens when you like joke around too much and it <laughs> sticks one time <laughs> you're just like i'm gonna pretend to be emperor watch this and then you're stuck in it you don't know how to get back out it's like uh l ron hubbard yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> Uh, Okay, so the announcement was first reprinted for humorous effect by the editor of the San Francisco Bulletin. Little did he know. Norton would later add Protector of Mexico to his title, thus commenced (laughs) his unprecedented and whimsical 21-year reign over America. And New Mexico. Wait, Mexico. Protector of Mexico. I am um, (laughs) the Emperor of the United States, Protector of Mexico, not Canada. Yeah, Canada go fuck itself. <laughs> the announcement was... Oh, wait, I already said... In his self-appointed role of emperor, Norton issued numerous decrees on the matters of the state. After ass- assuming absolute control over the count- country, he saw no further need for a legislature. In October 12, 1859, he issued a decree formally abolishing the United States Congress. He moved right along. In it, Norton observed fraud and corruption prevent a fair and proper expression of public voice that a pit that open violation of the laws are constantly occurring caused by mobs parties factions and undue influence of political sex that the citizen has not that protection of person and property of which he is entitled such as my rights 
Uh, he ordered all interested parties to assemble at Platt's Music Hall in San Francisco <laughs> again in February 1860 to remedy the evil com- complained of. I don't usually bring in pop culture, but this guy reminds me a lot of the dude from The Walking Dead with Which? the lion, with the tiger, or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, um, King uh, yeah. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Yeah, he's a post-apocalyptic cousin of Emperor Norton. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the show, he's very he's very openly like playing a role, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, skip this. What part. did King say? You look majestic today. I do declare. I do. Declare. You guys both are doing like a Southern gentleman thing, though. When you do, <laughs> well, it's American posh. Well, that's there's like a thin line between like Arist- Southern gentleman and aristocracy. That's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, What's the chicken? Colonel Sanders. No. Uh, the cartoon chicken dude? Uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. The rooster. The rooster, which is a chicken, right? I guess. <laughs> it's a male chicken. <laughs> We're going to have to go to another wiki page. All right. What, what else we got left on this guy? So I feel good about this. I mean, he's got a lot in this page here. Mm-hmm. And he set San Francisco out on a good path. Still a great city, is my understanding. There's a section called Norton's Imperial Axe. Um, okay. It says, Norton spent his days inspecting San Francisco's streets in an <laughs> elaborate blue uniform with gold do this. applets. I want to do this. I, I deem this pothole unworthy of our great city. <laughs> we shall smite it with whatever. I feel like need to That's rally the internet now to just declare some random person I, emperor of the of Richmond. <laughs> of that would be hilarious. And they were like, well, I guess I was voted. Well, he, yeah. he says he also wore beaver hat decorated with a peacock feather and a oh. rosette. You gotta have an the outfit. good old beaver hat. You gotta have an outfit. That's some real Americana right there. If you're just wearing a hoodie and you proclaim yourself emperor, no one's going to take you seriously. <laughs> what do emperors wear these days? Hmm. Suits. Like, um, I got some decent curtains. We could. Well, there's not really that many American apparel. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're going out of business. Well, I mean, we've all seen how uh, the royal family in Britain wears its clothes. I mean, if it's, if it's outside of. Formal events. I, I, it's just a suit and tie. And, actually, uh, Brooks I have, Brothers. I haven't seen it. That's no good. I feel like um, hip hop artists are probably the most likely to understand how to dress properly as a royal figure. Maybe so. Oh yeah. Yeah, like uh, the guy with the clock. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so a rumor started by devoted Norton characterist ed jump uh he claims that he had two dogs bummer and lazarus which were also san francisco celebrities though he did not own the dogs norton ate at free lunch counters where he shared his meals with the dogs what a guy that seems kind of random <laughs> uh, in 1867 a policeman named armand barbier arrested norton to commit him to involuntary treatment for mental disorder. Uh, the emperor the city was the, outraged, I'm the, sure. The emperor's arrest outraged the city's citizens. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and sparked scathing editorials in the newspapers. Police chief Patrick Crowley ordered Norton's release 
and issued a formal apology on behalf of, behalf of the police force. Damn straight. Crowley wrote that he shed no blood, robbed no one, and despoiled no country, which yeah. is more <laughs> than can be said for of his fellows in that line. Uh-huh. He's he's the only emperor that never, you know, hurt anyone. Oh, and then uh, Norton magnanimously granted oh an, an imperial pardon to the errant policeman. I figured he would. Oh See, my gosh. what a great guy. So I'm reading through some of his decrees that they have in here, and he called for the formation of a League of Nations. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. They messed up by not recruiting this guy into the actual <laughs> yeah. politics. Hmm. Well, considering his rice investment, probably not the best idea. Well, don't so. actually let him make any decisions. <laughs> he's, he's just there. He's just like a minor a member of various, you know, subcommittees. Yeah. <laughs> we got Foz. I'm just looking at some of these decrees. You want me to read them? What do you got? Yeah. All right. Uh, Whereas we issued our decree ordering the citizens of San Francisco and Oakland to appropriate funds for the survey of a suspension bridge from Oakland Point via Goat Island, also for a tunnel, and to ascertain which is the best project, and whereas the said citizens have hitherto neglected to I'm notify start decree. An imperial something. And whereas we are determined to... Ar- well, can you just tell us what all they were? I don't know if I need to hear all that. I'll look at it later if I write a decree. All right, so essentially the formation of the League of Nations, uh, the banning of the word Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Frisco? Really? Wait, so you banned the word Frisco? Is that That's word? A, we still use that word, right? San, Fr- San Fran. Fr- now I don't know if I know how to say it. Don't like uh, call me a Frisco. It should be a word. Which has no linguistic or other warrant shall be deemed guilty of a high misdemeanor. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Self extreme uh, jaywalking. <laughs> <laughs> later years in death. Okay. Uh, during the later years of Norton's reign, he was the subject of considerable speculation. One popular story suggests he was the, the son of Emperor Napoleon III. And. That his claim of coming from South Africa was a ruse to prevent persecution. Another popular story suggested that Norton was planning to marry Queen Victoria. While this claim is unsupported, Norton did write to the Queen on several occasions. And he is reported to have met Emperor Pedro II of Brazil. Rumors also circulated that Norton was supremely wealthy, only affecting poverty because of his... Because he was miserly? A man of the people. Ah. Uh, a number of decrees that were probably fraudulent were submitted and duly printed in local newspapers. And it is believed that in at least a few cases, newspaper editors themselves drafted fictitious edicts to suit their own agendas. He's a, he's a hot property. <laughs> if you've got a decree in your paper, you're going to outsell the other guy. And for Norton, it is. Yeah. Um, the San Francisco Museum of Historical Society maintains a list of decrees believed to be genuine. Wow. Uh, genuine? <laughs> I guess b- b- by him. Actually, by him, yeah. 
Uh, on the evening of January 8, 1880, Norton collapsed in the corner of California Street, DuPont Street, uh, now Grant Avenue, in the front of Old Street Mary's Church. While on his way to a lecture at California Academy of Sciences, he colla- his collapse was immediately noticed, and the police officer on the beat hastened for a carriage. It's almost like he wrote it himself with his choice of words. I know. <laughs> hastened. Uh, hastened me to the... <laughs> Medical facility. Well, that is in quotations. Uh, Norton died before a carriage could arrive. Hmm. The following day, San Francisco Chronicle published his obituary on the front page under the headline, Le Roy Est Mort, The King is Dead. Oh, man. Uh, In a tune tinged with sadness, the article respectfully reported that on the reeking pavement, the darkest... Of a moonless night under a dripping rain, Norton the First, by the grace of God, Emperor of the United States and Protector of Mexico, departed this life. Wow, I'm moved. <laughs> this is one way to go out, gentlemen. We all get to choose how we live our lives. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and he made something of his. Yeah. And then the Morning Call, another leading San Francisco newspaper, published a front page using an almost identical sentence as a headline. I won't read that one. Well, is that the story of Emperor Norton? Pretty much. There's mm-hmm. a whole, another section here called Legacy. Uh, I think we covered most well, can of it. Can I put something out here first? Go uh, for it. It quickly became evident that, contrary to rumors, Norton had died in complete poverty. Five or six dollars in small change had been found on his person, and a search of his room at the boarding house on Commercial Street turned up a single gold sovereign. Then worth around two dollars and fifty cents. No, he was miserly. His cur- his co- <laughs> his collection of walking sticks, his rather battered saber, and a variety of headgear, including a stovepipe, a derby, a red laced army cap, and another cap suited to a martial bandmaster, an eighteen twenty eight French franc, and a handful of the imperial bonds he sold to tourists at fictitious seven percent interest. Hmm. Now I'm wondering. Could he just go to places and because he was said emperor, he would just get things for free? I think that's, that's the case. He, he did he figure out a way to live without money? He he did. <laughs> he gamed the system. <laughs> what? He did. Because think about this. And everyone loved him. I mean, what's more valuable than that? They don't have the internet. That's true. How did he spread the word? They have the newspaper, right? That's that's all. He's in the newspaper. You're basically famous if you're in the newspaper more than once. He just kind of hacked together this life where he doesn't need money. Yep. And he got to like do stuff I want to do, but would get ridiculed for. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> use an elaborate cane and saber in my daily life. <laughs> and headgear. There's a, Oh, there's a campaign. Uh, the Emperor's Bridge campaign is carrying forward the bridge naming effort. They're trying to rename those bridges. So after. they should. And so it shall be they done. They definitely should. <laughs> This is a grand show, Wikilookas. Now at its conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a, a rather interesting character. So, any last thoughts on him? Uh, long, long live the emperor. Well, he's dead already. Long live he. Uh, rest in peace, the, the first emperor of the United States and protector of Mexico. <laughs> Not Canada. Uh.